welcome to the Willow in the Windies with David Oram. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Cricket, lovely cricket, at last where I saw it. Yardley tried his best, Goddard won the test. They gave the crowd plenty fun, the second test and West Indies won. With those little pals of mine. Hello and welcome to The Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean cricket podcast with me, David Oram. I'll be looking at the recent cricket news stories in the region in the company of my good friend, the renowned West Indies cricket commentator, Joseph Reds Pereira. Greetings, Reds. How are you? Well, just um, <clears throat> looking forward to an interesting South Africa-Australia um, 2020 after we conclude this podcast. And here's hoping that, um, you know, we see a, a quality 2020. Very important practice for both teams. Um, but, you know, when you get down to the actual 2020 final in India, you mm. have to be able to uh, adapt to different conditions from what's happening right now in Johannesburg. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, we'll start with that, the build-up towards the uh, the World 2020 tournament. Uh, the West Indies senior side, uh, they're in the United Arab Emirates at the moment. They're, they're having decent preparations as we speak. They're uh, hopefully heading towards uh, a further victory against... Uh, uh, Warwickshire, but but how useful is it for them to be preparing, as you say, Reds, in a different country ahead of the tournament? Well, I suppose it's similar conditions, and I see Coach Phil Simmons is very happy overall um, with the, how they played against um, uh, Zimbabwe. First of all, they got better and better, um, and uh, little. Concerned of how they didn't do all that well against Warwickshire at the top of the order. Um, that, I think, is a little bit of a concern. Uh, but um, I, I would think you could look at this two ways. You could say, well, look, he needs real stiff competition before the tournament as South Africa and Australia are sparring off. And you can say, look, you, you, you need the kind of competition where you can um, change the team around. You can expose a lot of people. You can try different combinations. You know, you, you just have to, uh, just have to, um, you know, go with what uh, Phil Simmons feels is the, the the best for the team right now. Yeah, yeah. It's not been the easiest of build up so far. Uh, they'd had three players uh, pull out from the original squad when we last spoke. That became a fourth this week uh, with uh, the injury to Lendl Simmons. We don't as yet know who's going to replace him. Have you heard anything, Reds? Well, that's taking some time and maybe um, taking too much time. I mean, there's a, a very short list that we can choose from hmm. a subject to availability. I mean, I'll, I I think of Dwayne Smith yeah. straight away, like for like. And if you're not going for Dwayne Smith, well, I will think you have to look at Jonathan Carter, who's at some extent experience at the very highest level. Um, you don't want to go for an extreme young man like Lewis of Trinidad and Tobago. I think you have to zero in on some people who have got the experience. Well, I don't know if it's a visa problem, uh, but there is a hold up for some reason or the other. And I, I, I thought that by now, we're only a, what, a week away. Mm. It's going to take him a day and a bit to get there. 
Um, so, you know, the quicker they can come up with the replacement will be the better for the person who is going and the squad. Yeah, yeah. Smith would seem to be the, the obvious pick. Uh, he'd been badly out of form in the last 12 months, and yet he's bounced back hugely. He was, uh, I think he was man of the match in the uh, recent Pakistan 2020 competition, their domestic league. Um, there, I don't know where he is now. Uh, presumably he finished that competition in the UAE, has probably flown all the way back home to Barbados, and as you say, with visa issues, having to fly all the way back again. Uh, it, it's not an overnight flight, Reds, having done it myself recently. Yes, I think we just have to uh, rely uh, on the, the West Indies board judgment. I think they're certainly keen on, on getting the, the replacement in, in place. Uh, so maybe there are problems that, that we do not know. Yeah, yeah. No, you're quite right, and it's difficult for us to speculate. Uh, they may have had some backup visas, but uh, to have had so many players drop out from the original squad has been a little unfortunate. Uh, another cloud... Uh, is over Andre Russell, uh, much publicised this week. He's uh, not failed a drug test, but failed to appear uh, within the last 12 months. I think it's three mandatory tests. And uh, Dave Cameron, I believe, has said that it, it shouldn't preclude him from playing in this tournament. But he must put a, a big cloud over his performances in general. Well, I see, first of all, he's, he's going to be allowed to play. Hmm. Um, the fact that he's missed three for different reasons um, he'll be allowed to play so that's uh, that's um, you know don't have to worry us any further because he's quite key to a 2020 performance um, how it's going to affect him uh, psychologically mm. uh, I think the, the Indian press might be playing on this a bit if it gets down to any kind of a, uh, a crucial match mm. um, and uh, I, I, I will think that the quicker, um, you know, he gets over this hurdle and, uh, you know, have it behind him, it will be the best for the player because if he's suspended, it'll be a whacking loss uh, to him mm. and to, to the West Indies and many other franchises who would like to ha have him on their books. No, absolutely. Well, the actual inquiry uh, into his uh, missed drug tests is something that will take place. But as you say, it looks as though it's going to be after the competition. Uh, the implications of what it does to his career is something that we'll look at down the line. Um, also on the international stage, uh, the West Indies women. Uh, they've had a fairly successful t uh, tour of South Africa so far. Won the one day as uh, the 50 over games. And they uh, won the second of the 2020s to set up a decider for, I think, Wednesday. Yes, and the one in style too. Um, the captain, uh, Taylor, led them to 146 to 6, hmm. and they were able to bowl out South Africa uh, for 98. Right. And they didn't even bat, they didn't even bat the 20 overs, 18.4 overs. Uh, the, the wickets were all shared, and, um, you know, it's good that the West Indies could bounce back very quickly. Well, they've been a. <laughs> We, we, we have focused lately uh, on the great success, understandably, of the under-19 team, but it is one of the, the great stories of West Indies cricket in the last 12, 18 months, is the women. And in the new ICC rankings that came out this week, they've gone back up to, to second. They are a genuine force in world cricket. Yes, they are. They are. I, I think one of the, one of the things that um, the coaches 
Uh, Drakes and Mosley will really like to see happen at some time is for them to play a couple of test matches. You know, yeah. I think um, they have seen the success of the girls, but I think in a year's time or so, they would like to see them, you know, play Australia, play New Zealand, play India, Pakistan in a couple of test matches. And that will really uh, test their, their their strength to be able to play um, in in the various formats. But that's not yet on the card, but I'm sure the West Indies board will be looking at the possibility of getting maybe a three-test a three series against someone. In yeah. the West Indies or abroad, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. No, it'd be, it'd be good for their development. Um, the West Indies women's cricket development uh, was one of several items that was included in the recent uh, CARICOM re- report that uh, caused, caused a lot of friction in, in, in the region. Uh, there was recent comments, uh, quite, quite a strong message put out by the Grenada Prime Minister this last week, Reds. I don't know if you uh, saw it. Uh, he addressed the Grenada Cricket Association and said, some, said many, many things very anti the West Indies Cricket Board. And uh, he, he was... He was almost alluding to the fact that, that, that it's the possibility of Grenadian cricket breaking away from the West Indies cricket ball. Did, did I read that right? Well, I think what basically he said was that um, he will talk to the Grenada Cricket Association about arranging their own 2020-50 over matches, um, which I personally don't think can work. Um, can, in fact... Um, be successful. Uh, one of the fundamentals of, of, of West Indies cricket is that if you want to put on an event, um, you have to, first of all, get that sanctioned. And I don't see the West Indies board sanctioning that. Mm. Um, I don't see any of the players uh, who, who may be attracted if they can find the money, etc., going to take part in that because I would think that um, they'll be um, debarred straight away. Um, you know, we, we saw we saw in India when there was a rival IPL, yeah. uh, what, what took place. I think the ICC will back um, the, the West Indies board. And I don't believe it's gotten a great deal of, of, of traction. Uh, I don't believe it's feasible and I don't believe that it will take place. I don't believe that Many of his fellow CARICOM uh, prime ministers um, may may be given the kind of backing he, he was hoping for. No, it's a good point you make. Um, elsewhere within the the, the regional press, uh, another member of that CARICOM prime ministers uh, group, Trinidad Tobago's prime minister Keith Rowley, uh, he said that he had no rift himself with the WICB, but uh, was part of the. The CARICOM feeling that the, the WICB did need serious reform. Uh, Barbados Prime Minister Frondel Stewart uh, had similar sentiments the week before, but was less antagonistic, if I may use that word, than um, the Grenada Prime Minister this week, Keith Mitchell. But it is part of a wider debate going on where there is this insistence that there must be reform of the West Indies Cricket Ball. Now, the West Indies Cricket Board have had their quarterly meeting only last night, so we haven't yet had serious details emerge from that. There's been no communique or press release yet, but uh, there has been one or two little murmurings of some little bits of reform, Reds. 
Yes, I think one of the things that have come out, which was a, like, kind of a breaking story, um, was that uh, they proposed a change of, of, of name. Yeah, they're, they're, they're talking about just becoming the uh, Cricket West Indies rather than the, the West Indies Cricket Board. That may be cosmetic, but uh, it may be part of uh, a, a, a bigger thing. Well, I think that um, was referred to as one of the points uh, discussed um, with members of CARICOM. Hmm. Um, you know, there, there's Cricket Australia, um, whether it's it's it's, it's a easier streamlined nation, easier uh, to market, etc. Uh, I really, really don't know. But whilst uh, people may call for reform and the implement to implement the Patterson report, to implement the Wilkins report. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, I I I, I don't see uh, the need for Grenada to take uh, such a a a step. Um, happy to see that all indications are uh, that the worry because of. Prime Minister Rowley's statement that the test match will not take place there uh, against India, that doesn't seem to be um, really factual. Uh, I, I think the, the, the test match, as far as I know, will t- take place there because, for one, they will get massive crowds, and uh, for two, it's a traditional playing area when India tours the West Indies. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I think I think in terms of what may have been decided at this uh, quarterly meeting is something we're going to get more information on. So I think we'll return to that next time. But you were talking there about the the the, the test match venues; those seem to have emerged. And uh, as you say, uh, particularly with India touring and so with the population having uh, ties towards that, it's important to have a test match in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, but what about Guyana and, and a test match in Antigua Reds? Yes, yeah, so I'm a little surprised at that. I, I, I take that at Sabina Park Test, which all the um, Indians who live in Miami and who lives uh, in New York and the whole Florida area, um, Canada, I, I could see them coming down to Jamaica and, you know, bringing some good crowds and some good, good money into the West Indies coffers. I'm a little surprised that do Guyana. Mm. Um, and I have to tread softly here because, you know, there's a bidding system. Yeah. And whether Antigua, in their bid, um, really um, provide the kind of, of funding that, that the, the, the West Indies Board required, and maybe Guyana did not. But um, traditionally, I mean, for, for, for every one person in Antigua, you will probably have six. You know, the, the crowds in Guyana will be massive for uh, India. West Indies test match for historical reasons. We all know that. And uh, I, I'm a little surprised that um, from a, a straight um, financial uh, take point uh, position hmm. that they have not gone for Guyana. Yet um, people might argue from a cricket point of view uh, that the Guyana pitch might favor the, the Indians a lot more th- than the West Indies with the, the, the Indian spin. Um, that, that's one side of the coin that, you know, people have always said that when we play India, we must choose the surfaces that suits us. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a very interesting um, debate. And, you know, you have to know all the facts, but I, tried, I have tried, to, David, to be as balanced as possible. No, I think so. As we said before, we pride ourselves on our attempts at uh, uh, 
uh, balance. Um, we're always going to get feedback uh, from both sides of the camp, and, and so be it. We we encourage it. Um, well, we're sticking with what I always term loosely uh, regional cricket politics. Probably the biggest story of the week, Reds, was uh, the reporting that uh, somebody you know very well indeed, Tony Cozier, is reported to be suing the WICB's CEO, Dave Cameron, for defamation. What can you tell us about that? Well, I can tell you, outside the off-stump, and I'm not playing a shot, <laughs> David is, is in front of, of, of the court, and um, you know I, I really cannot comment. Um, I do know that uh, the first time I knew that um, he was not in television anymore was the first Nagical, and he he indicated to me that he was going, he had been confirmed. I was then organizing radio, and then he came back to me and said he was off of, of, of the TV, and um, I said, well, would you like to do radio? And, and he did do radio. Hmm. That matter, I think, eventually was settled, and that's behind us now. Um, this matter is about um, a statement that the president of the board said to a Barbadian audience, and um, just about the same time when England were touring, um, to- Tony Kosher was contracted um, by the BBC Test Match Special to do all the three test matches. Yeah. And the, the, the statement reported is that um, President Cameron said, well, uh, Kozier's eyes are not as good as they used to be and, and he's not seeing all that well. Um, that basically is, is the background uh, to the case as far as I know, David. Yeah, yeah, myself the same too. Um, those are what's been reported. Uh, it will, of course, develop. And as it does, we will report that. Uh, but I think you're right that it's probably best for us to not to sort of state any opinions on it at this stage. Um, something else I was very interested in recently, Reds, which I thought was of potential concern for the, the, the Caribbean, was a report that came out that the ICC are considering dividing Test cricket into two divisions uh, of six and six, and with the way that its uh, rankings stand at the moment, that would put West Indies into the second division. What would the implications of that be for the Caribbean? Very sad news. Um, you know, the, the only way that the lower ranks in the English Premier League is getting better is by being able to play against um, Arsenal and Manchester City, etc. Yeah. Uh, the only way that the lower ranks of, of, of the of the test um, ladder is going to get better is not by isolating them but exposing them hoping that in the meantime that, that their school structure is better that their coaching programs is better that their first class cricket is better in the case of the West Indies we know in a professional uh, setup and that slowly but surely you know the, the likes of the West Indies will again rise with a couple of young fast bowlers and mm. investment into young batsmen. Uh, to me, that um, two-tier system will simply reflect uh, the power of, of Australia, India and, and, and England. But here's hoping that the, the new leader of the ICC um, you know, will, 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 will not support that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I don't think it would be 
good for West Indies cricket development uh, at all. Uh, we, we are in a period of flux. Uh, we were talking about this friction between the WICB and the CARICOM PMs. Uh, there does need to be some sort of change and building towards the future in, in Caribbean cricket, certainly as I see it. Um, but there is always this danger that... Uh, that the friction will cause a dividing of the way. An interesting article written today by Tony Becker uh, in uh, the Jamaican press when he suggests that uh, Trinidad and Tobago have already explored the possibilities with the ICC of going it alone. Um, again, that's that's something that, that, that must worry all nations within the region. Well, that will not work. There is no one West Indies member board that can go it alone. Totally impossible. Um, they just do not have the structure, they just do not have what it takes to, to go it alone. And the ICC, I don't believe, will, will accept any member board as an individual member of, of, of ICC. I, I, I say it, David, that um, it's nothing that, that I am going to take seriously. It will be a very, very sad day in West Indies cricket if the likes of Trinidad and Tobago, and I know there's one or two in Trinidad who back that, looks to go in that direction. You know, these things go in phases. Sometimes mm. you have strong Trinidad teams, you have strong Barbadian teams, you have strong Jamaica, Guyana, etc. Um, you know, it it, it 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 just doesn't last long enough. I um, don't think it's a good idea. I hope it never happens. No, I, I, I entirely agree with you. And you've actually given me a great deal of confidence with uh, the strength of your emphatic response that no, 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 and don't think the ICC could even entertain such an idea. We'll watch this space and uh, hope that nothing comes of it. You talk about uh, it goes in cycles, strong teams and uh, their, their cycles. Uh, Guyana are the strong team at the moment. We're uh, in a break, a, a break with still two games left in the regional four-day season. Uh, but Guyana seemingly have it all sewn up, don't they, Reds? Well, um, they've seemed to adjust it to the conditions that they're meeting. For example, in their last two games, they didn't play their third spinner, Moti, who's got 36 wickets left out. They simply went for big. Eaton and Joseph hmm. at Kensington. When they played St. Lucia, when they played in St. Lucia versus the Windwards, they again played Beaton and Joseph. Moti was again left out. I think when they played Jamaica uh, after the break, you can see Moti coming back and maybe Joseph being left out or Beaton being left out. I think they are trying to adjust to the conditions. Um, their batting um, needs uh, maybe a little tweaking here or there, and maybe the coaching needs to work on their concentration. But um, difficult to see anyone catching them now at this point. They had they had to be beaten by Barbados. If Barbados had closed the gap at Kensington, um, it it probably could have ended up um, maybe a much more interesting uh, situation. Yeah, yeah. Um... One of the sides that was a powerhouse for, for several seasons was Jamaica. Uh, but they and the Winwoods have been very disappointing this year, Rez. I mean, well, why have they really fallen away? Good question. I see Wayne Lewis with the Jamaican selector was saying that they just have to be patient. 
They just have to be patient that the investment that they've made, um, you know, didn't happen the way they thought it would have happened after looking at the Jamaican trials. But he made the point that when Jamaica was dominating the four-day scene, it was the bowlers who really um, used to bowl them to, to victory. Yeah. And the batting was maybe substandard then. Um, the Winwards has been a little um, inconsistent. Um, not as good as the year as last year. Last year, they may have started slow and got better. And, uh, you know, there, there are questions to be asked. Uh, um, what is the intensity of the training? Um, you know, what are the pitches like um, in, in Dominica um, for the training? Uh, what's the fitness level? Um, I think Ian Allen, um, you know, and the franchise maybe need, need needs to meet to, to look at how to improve, whether well, they've they've got um, two overseas players who seem to have served them uh, very well indeed, and um, I think basically uh, the batting has mainly been the problem. The bowlers work very very hard against Guyana. The bowlers work and work. I mean, Matthews really at 30 years of age, you know, gave his heart and soul, mm. and he had good, very good support from from McLean and, and Mears. Um, this is not a turning pitch in St. Lucia, so, so Shillingford had to work uh, very hard. But I think is the batting is the, the real the real concern. I was hoping that Hodge, who had gotten a hundred before, would have come to St. Lucia and really put his head down in a good batting pitch. Still the best pitch in the Caribbean by far. Hmm. I hope it can be duplicated elsewhere, Trinidad, Providence, etc. But um, I think there is some need to have a review um, maybe with the board um, and the franchise and uh, to see basically how well it's working, how well it's not working. Because I think we're all looking forward to next year where we hope the standards will be a lot higher and more consistent and better scores and better pitches and hopefully more people watching and the Western East board needs to do a little more in advertising the matches. Yeah. Yeah, no, fair comment. Um, in the last three or four minutes now, uh, Reds, uh, the sad news of the week uh, it, for the whole of international cricket was uh, the announcement of the death uh, from cancer of uh, Martin Crow, um, a very fine cricketer and uh, a very fine man. Um, he was the player of the tournament in the 1992 World Cup, Reds. I know you went down there and uh, followed that tournament. Well, what were your memories of that tournament and of uh, Crow's cricket career. Good man, down. Very good man. Brilliant. Totally brilliant batsman. Will have to be, you know, rated uh, among the top. I mean, in 92, New Zealand, you know, lost to Pakistan. It didn't get to the um, hmm. finals, etc. Uh, but he was so outstanding. I think he, he, he really loved the Australian tracks and it, it gave him the freedom to play um, the kind of, of, of cricket. He was a, a different player on, on the softer New Zealand tracks and I would say the same thing in England where the ball seemed to run a bit but he adjusted well but my memory always David would be the 188 he scored against the West Indies yeah. um, at, at Border. Brilliant. I mean he came in at 45 for 2 and this chunky in <laughs> um, New Zealand, um, batsman, you you think he would have made a very good All Black if he had gone that way. 
he had shots all around. Uh, fast scoring Bordegrand, and he did he score fast? And did they bowl as quickly as they could on a, on a slow border track? I mean, he, he had in the lineup, he was facing holding Marshall and Ghana. And, you know, it was a brilliant display, really brilliant display. And, um, you know, he he showed that uh, he was capable. I think the late Malcolm Marshall said at the, at the end of it, well, uh, Martin, wait till you get to Barbados. <laughs> you know, it, it might be a, a different situation. Uh, but... Um, the, the sad thing about him, he, he had good ideas, and um, you know some of the ideas are still with the ICC. One of the things that he would be remembered for is the impact he had, and people um, like Taylor, uh, um, people like Martin Guptil. Yeah. I think he, he had a special interest in them. I, I would think that he helped many New Zealand batsmen overall, but those are the two, Taylor and Guptil, seem to be the ones that he chose to be very close to. Yeah, no, uh, a big loss uh, to uh, world cricket uh, and an even bigger loss uh, to New Zealand sports. Uh, Martin Crowe, uh, great cricketer, great man. Um, just as we're finishing off, Reds, I can tell you, hot off the press, West Indies have won their uh, 2020 warm-up match against Warwickshire. Uh, middle details, order... details, details, details. <laughs> there was a, a little bit of a middle-order collapse, and you'll be surprised to know that the match winners uh, in a, in a match-winning partnership were Darren Sammy with 34 and Ashley Nurse with 25 not out off nine balls. Yes, and, um, you know, just before we went on, we read, of course... A bowling consultant stroke coach Cody Ambrose saying that Bravo is the key. Little surprise at that. I think in 2020 cricket, all 11, all 11. I mean, the game is so fast moving that all 11 can play a major role in the success of a side. But happy that we are ending on a winning note, David. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also happy that we're ending Reds, just as uh, our friendly dog is just getting started. We had some lovely feedback uh, from listeners about that last week, uh, so we do apologise. There's not been more of the, the dog this week, but, but just a token little bark there in the background. Um, Reds? I had a firm word with her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Um, before we go, Reds, I know you always like to thank our uh, listeners in the regions. Yes, yes, uh, we like to get some feedback, and you know, uh, we're hoping that a couple of other stations will um, carry the program. It's, it's free to air, and of course, we we had the firm support of Grenada. Uh, Chime FM and uh, you know we want to see more people taking it and we're very happy with the feedback we've had from North America in fact last night I spoke to Brian Smith who tried bowling left arm spin and right arm spin <laughs> and uh, we had a little giggle about it when I told him the guy was also batting number three um, he, he didn't quite comment because I don't believe that his batting potentially would have gotten him there uh, but but great to all our friends in North America and all all our friends in the Caribbean. Absolutely, and uh, and that goes to anybody who listens to us via SoundCloud, the internet, or any other uh, way of listening to us. This has been the Willow in the Windies, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, with me, David Orm, and Res Pereira, and we both hope you can join us again next time. Goodbye. <laughs>